Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 34 of Revelation chapter 14. And we're going to be looking in verse 13. Revelation 14 verse 13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And we're continuing uh, in our study of chapter 14. We've seen in this context, the previous verses um, brought up the topic of Judgment Day. The following verses will continue discussing the topic of Judgment Day. And here in verse 12 and 13, God is making a big point and emphasizing that point as much as it can be emphasized that the elect are present. The elect are living on the earth. Remember the previous verse said, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And now we're going to read about the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Henceforth means from now. And it's a, a, a further emphasis upon the people of God in the world at the time when God is pouring out his wrath upon the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. Well, uh, let, let's take a closer look at verse 13. And the first part of the verse says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write. And this is fairly typical of the revelation that God has been given to the Apostle John while he's on the island of Patmos. He's been commanded a few times already after seeing a vision to write. And it's a reminder to us that this is the word of God and all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God is the one that moved holy men to write the scriptures, to write down the things that God wanted them to write down, and that's why we have the Bible. And it's no different here. The things that John is being given, he is to write them down, and that's how it's possible for us to read of them. John was obedient to the command to write. And what was he told to write? Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. And we started to think about that a little bit in our last study. And we saw that it's a strange statement. It's unusual uh, because it says blessed are the dead. So if we were to take that literally and think physically, it's talking about 
dead people that are blessed. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. And we just quickly looked at the word die, and it's a present active participle, which actually should be translated as dying. Right, blessed are the dead which are dying in the Lord from henceforth would be a more correct translation. But the translators had a problem. How can they translate it that way? Blessed are the dead which are dying in the Lord when that makes no sense. Because if you're dead, how are you dying? The living are the ones that die or are in the process of dying uh, when someone gets cancer and and the doctor says, well, you have six months to live. Well, they're, they're dying, we know. And that's how they might um, explain to their family. Uh, the doctor says, I'm dying because they only have a short while to live. And we saw in Hebrews 11 with Jacob, that this same Greek word, same tense, present active participle, is used in Hebrews 11, verse 21, where it says, By faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Jacob was ill, he was about to die, and, and yet he was not dead, he was a dying. And while he was in the process of dying, but not yet dead, he blessed the sons of Joseph while leaning on the top of his staff. And and that is the same word, and it's a present active participle. And, and that's how this word, die, needs to be understood in Revelation 14.13. In other words... It's speaking of people that are alive. Well, if that's true, then why does God say, Blessed are the dead which are dying in the Lord? Why does he say they are dead? Well, first of all, we we know one thing, that God is not talking about the unsaved dead. He's not talking about people that are dead in sin and and uh, unsaved. No, these dead are blessed. Blessed are the dead which are dying in the Lord. So there's a um, a double point. They're blessed and they're dying in the Lord. So they must be true believers. They must be God's elect. They are saved people. And that helps us to understand um, why it says blessed in Psalm... Let me read this uh, to help us understand what blessed means. In Psalm 133, verse 3, it says, As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there Jehovah commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And... Ultimately, that is the blessing that uh, Jacob received, but Esau did not. That That's the blessing the, the elect receive, 
and the rest of mankind does not. Uh, All men are blessed in general, temporal blessings. All receive sunshine and rain and fruitful seasons. All are given the blessings of of health to some degree and and family and so forth that's general blessings but there is a blessing that God gives only exclusively to those that he has saved and that's salvation eternal life um this is the blessing Jehovah commanded life forevermore and only the people of God have that so blessed are the dead these dead are saved. And therefore, that helps us to understand it cannot mean they're dead in sin, as the Bible does speak of those that are dead in trespasses and sins, but anyone dead in sin is not blessed. They're they're not saved. But these dead are blessed, and and so it must be another kind of dead that God is referring to, and it can't be physical death. Again, they it, it cannot be saying blessed are the physically dead, those that God has saved, but now they're physically dead, which are dying. Present active participle means in an ongoing, continuous kind of way. No, no that that. It doesn't match. It doesn't fit. It has to be dead um, elect people that are dead in some kind of a way, yet physically alive in order to be actively, continually dying in the Lord. And we find our answer in Romans chapter 6 of what God uh, means by... Uh, referring to the dead. In Romans 6, uh, by the way, in uh, Revelation 14, the word dead here uh, is 3498 in Strong's Concordance, and the word die is 599. And we see in Romans 6, and I'll start reading from verse 1, that it, it, it'll discuss death, and it will use both of those Greek words, 3498 and 599. Romans 6.1 What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin, and that's 599, live any longer therein? Know ye not? that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, 
knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, in verse 2 of Romans 6, where it said, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? That's 599 in Strong's. And in verse 11, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. That's 3498. And, and yet both are speaking of the same thing. They're, they're both describing what happens to the one that God has saved. That person becomes dead to sin and, and therefore is freed from sin. As verse 7 said, he that is dead is freed from sin. We become dead um, as we're baptized into Christ's death. And and God looks at us and really reckons us to be dead. And yet we are alive. And that's what is being said here. Let, let's look at it several verses. And I think we'll get the idea as we, we the more scripture we look at. In 2 Corinthians... 6, it says in verse 9, well, verse 4, just to set the context, says, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, and it, it continues, and then in verse 9, as unknown and yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened and not killed. And this is describing God's people. And um, it, it sounds like a contradiction as dying, but we live. And we're dying to sin. We're dying to ourself. This, this is what uh, the Apostle Paul was moved to say in 1 Corinthians 15 and verses 30 and 31. And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Now, of course, obviously, um, a person cannot die physically daily. We die once. We, we physically die one time, and that's it. We're put in the ground. But, we die to ourself on a daily basis. That this is what the Bible tells us. In Colossians chapter 3, it says in verse 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mortify your members. Now the Greek word translated as mortify is a related word to the word dead we've uh, been looking at in Romans 6 and in Revelation 14. It's 3499. 
nekro. It's found three times total in, in the Bible. Once here is mortify, and the other two times it's translated as dead in Romans 4, uh, where Abraham considered not his own body now dead. Or in Hebrews 11, 12, him as good as dead. It, it's the word mortify. So God is saying, put to death, therefore, kill, make dead, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, your body, my body, our flesh, we are to kill. Again, not literally, but what does our flesh want? What does the flesh, in a sense, live for? What What is its, spiritually speaking, life's blood? What What is it after? It's after sin. It wants to be fed with sin. It wants to be satisfied with lusts. It wants the things that it craves and desires, all the things that are contrary, that go against the word of God. The flesh wants those things to see and to hear and to think of and to do. The the evil of this world, the physical body due to corruption upon it, due to the fact it has not become saved, is after the world, after the lusts of the world, it wants to sin. And God says, put it to death, mortify your members uh, which are upon the earth. And that is accomplished when we, as it says here, fornication, uncleanness, and urine affection, and so forth, when we do not go after them, when we do not involve ourselves in those things. In Matthew chapter 10, Matthew 10, the Lord said in verses 38 and 39, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now what does that mean? He that taketh not his cross. And the Bible does command us, the people of God, to take up our cross, doesn't it? In Luke 9, it, it's um, put a little differently. In Luke 9, verse 23, it says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Remember, Paul was moved to say, I die daily. And and here the Lord is emphasizing the cross is not taking up um, just one time. Uh, you know, people would love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take up my cross today and then I'll put it down and and never have to take it up again. Oh, no, no. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, 
There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Take up your cross on a daily basis, which would mean, of course, if, if we're taking up our cross and following Christ, what happened when he took his cross? He was crucified and he died on the cross. To take up our cross would be to put ourself to death in a similar way, in the sense that now we are going to kill our fleshly desires. In Galatians chapter 2, and Galatians is a a good book to look at for this subject, in Galatians 2, it says in verse 19, For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. Now, there's another um, way of looking at what the Bible was speaking of in Revelation 14, 13. Blessed are the dead. Well, here, I, through the law, that is, as the law laid out the the saving work, the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ, we find that in the Bible, which is God's law book. I, through the law, am dead to the law, through what the Lord did in dying for me, satisfying the demands of the law, which says the wages of sin is death. He died on my behalf, and and therefore my husband, mankind's husband, but but in this case only the elect, the law, it killed Christ instead of us, and Jesus' death has made us dead to it, the law. And the law has no more it can condemn us with. We are free from the law, free from sin, because it's the law that, that tells us what sin is, that I might live unto God. And then in verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, again, as Second Corinthians 6, 9 said, Dying, and behold, we live. And the Apostle Paul here again is being moved to basically restate that very same thing. I am crucified, and if you're crucified, it means you're dead. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And, and that is the life we live after God has saved us is Christ living in us to will and do of his good pleasure. We live to serve him. We, we serve righteousness now. We no longer serve sin and death. We no longer submit ourselves to the lusts of the flesh, whatever our physical body wants to do in time past. Like everyone else, when we were children of wrath, even as others, we would do it without conscience in many cases, or not too much conscience. We would um, we would drink, we would drug, we would smoke, we would curse, we would lie, and and some did far worse. And, and yet we were all sinners. We were all, uh, in our sin and following 
the things of the flesh, yet now we're crucified with Christ and we can no longer do those things. We now want to do the will of God. Now over in Galatians 5, in Galatians 5 verse 24, it says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And, and, uh, they're again putting the flesh to death. They that are Christ. And one more verse in Galatians chapter 6 in verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Now that, that is a very helpful verse. It really explains a lot concerning the change that has come upon the, the individual that God has saved. When God saved us and we became dead in Christ and we became crucified with him as he died for us from the foundation of the world, well, it also crucified the world by whom the world is crucified or dead unto me. And I am crucified or dead unto the world. That That's the whole problem we have now living in the world. It's why the things of this life are are growing dim. They They do not hold the same attraction or excitement for the person that God has saved and given a new heart and a new spirit. No, our desire, our excitement now is in the area of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.